This is The Playbook. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Blockhash, uh, the podcast here with David Meltzer today. Uh, Going to talk about a lot of interesting stuff and have a great conversation. Uh, season three of Office Hours, I believe, is also out now on Apple TV. We'll talk about that as well as get his thoughts on Web3 a little bit. David, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. What an opportunity. And I want to thank you so much, Brandon, for having me to share an ancient perspective on a very new type of opportunity and capability. Absolutely. Uh, before we do, I would love to learn a bit more about you and your origins. Could you tell the audience a bit more about yourself, uh, maybe a little bit about your story and kind of some of the things you've done in the past? Yeah, sure. You know, I always say my story split into three worlds, born into a world like many people of not enough, not enough of anything for anyone where people are victims, everything happens to you. I grew up with a single mom, six kids who packed my dinner in a paper bag just so she could work her second job, uh, daytime teacher, nighttime filling up turnstiles with greeting cards at convenience stores. Uh, but that perspective of not enough led me on a journey to believe that money would buy me happiness, money would buy me love. And when I finally graduated law school to make a lot of money, to buy my mom a house in a car, I realized uh, that it wasn't necessarily the doctor, the lawyer, the failure type of perspective, but I became an entrepreneur and worked in the internet web one in 1992 when everybody was telling me the internet was a fad that I was making a huge mistake not being an oil and gas litigator and turned down a $150,000 a year job. And sure enough, though, nine months out of law school, I was a millionaire, bought my mom a house and a car. And three years later, we had a $3.4 billion exit uh, to Thomson Reuters. And in 99, got into Web2, was Samsung CEO of their phone division. And uh, from then, have always applied technology uh, and the web. Uh, to every executive position I've had, an entrepreneurial position, uh, investment position that I've had. And uh, from there, I ran in uh, my 30s, the most notable sports agency in the world. I got hired as CEO of Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment. They made the movie Jerry Maguire about our firm uh, because not just I was a lawyer, not because I had such great sponsorship and endorsement and, and legal background as far as sports went and actually played sports myself in college, but because of technology. I got hired to run the most notable sports agency in the world because I was the only one with a similar background that had an expertise in technology. And Lee Steinberg saw the future of sports in technology, which of course over the last 20 years has proven true. Uh, and from there, I spun off a global sports marketing company with Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon. And in the last, and I, by the way, in the, the interim there, I lost everything and shifted my own perspective. I lost over $100 million. And over the last 17 years, I've made it back with a different paradigm shift uh, and now run my own media company, my own brand. So as you said, I have TV shows, movies, top podcasts, speak around the world, write books, coach, do all the normal things I can do on my mission of empowering over a billion people to be happy, to teach them uh, using blockchain, believe it or not, how to make money, help people have fun. Yeah, you've done quite a lot, huh? Speaker, author, entrepreneur, investor, uh, show host, 
Uh, so you stay pretty busy. What is your main focus these days? Is it the show office hours or is that one of many things still? Yeah. So what I really focus in on is creating content, uh, whether the platform is speaking on stages or coaching people for free. I've done that for over 23 years or with groups or with individual settings uh, or TV shows like not just office hours. I have entrepreneurs, elevator pitch, two minute drill, the playbook, just a variety of ways every single day I can utilize different modes, mediums, modalities, methodologies in order to help people to empower them with quantitative value, quantitative value to exceed anything that I would ask for. I give all my books away for free. So if anyone, the reason I put my email up there, david at dmeltzer.com, anybody from your community that would like my book, I'll sign it. I'll send it to them. I'll pay for shipping. I'll pay for the book. So my mission of empowering others is by creating content, either free, group, or one-on-one, in order to effectuate teaching people how to make money, how to help people themselves, and how to have fun. That's awesome. I'm sure a lot of people would love to get a copy of your book. That's so generous of you. Um, I, I know the topic is really to empower people. A lot of the content you put out, the things you work on. Who are some of the people that you talk to? I've seen a few of your videos and your episodes, and I, I love to watch them every once in a while. And um, you interview a lot of really interesting guests and 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 other entrepreneurs and investors. Um, can you give us an idea of some of who those people are? Yeah. So the billionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, and entertainers, everyone from Deepak Chopra and Saad Guru to Tillman Fertitta and Steve Jones to Cameron Diaz and Brett Favre and Marshall Falk and Tony Hawk and Gary Vee and Tom Bilyeu and Ed Milad, whoever you could think of. Uh, you know, we've had 1,400 uh, interviews in one show alone. Uh, so I probably have over the last six years when I started on this mission of building my own brand to empower others with the dummy tax that I paid, the knowledge, the skills and desire that I have and uh, utilizing practice in order to effectuate articulating it. Uh, we've probably had about 5,000 different people, but uh, the biggest names in the world, uh, you know, Dan Aykroyd, I can't even always think of them all, you know, as we've had them. Uh, I recently, you know, had the Hermoses and, and Mellencamp and it, it, the list goes on and on. Uh, but if you want to find that, you just search it. You'll, you'll find your favorite person, uh, whether they're a TikTok star or a world thought leader like Jack Canfield, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul. And I've actually wrote a book with him as well, which I'll give uh, for free. So Jack Canfield and I, like I said, you you name it, I'm either have interviewed them, been interviewed by them, or I'm one degree of separation where I can follow up on the request of someone that you'd like to learn from. Because I think the fastest way to get to where we want to be is find someone in the situation we want to be in and ask them for help. That's so cool. Have you talked to anyone in the Web3 space as of recently? Oh, yeah. I mean, I just uh, was on uh, Wolf. Uh, we had a variety of different people on there as well. And But, you know, I, I worked with Celsius at a high level. I'm on the board of Redium, uh, which is the most successful real estate blockchain company uh, as well. The, the list goes on and on. You know, Al Alex... Uh, and I are really good friends. My daughter actually worked for Alex at Celsius and, you know, understanding the trials and tribulations and uh, the crypto bank space, you know, 
I speak probably, I just got back from Dubai uh, in with Gary Vaynerchuk uh, when we were at the Sigma event. Uh, so, you know, whether it was John Lee, Belfort, Gary Vaynerchuk, myself, Clinton Sparks, who's working in the Web3 space as well. Um, you know, there's so many different people that I'm trying to gain knowledge from and through to aggregate and reconcile it uh, with my traditional business background. Because one thing's true about business, and that's that human nature never changes. And so those who understand historically human nature can see the timing and risk tolerance involved in a great uh, technology like blockchain, a capability that will change the world. You know, I always tell people, I was around in web one, 99% of the companies in 1992 uh, at the inception of web one, they're not around anymore, but web one is still here. 99% of the people in 99 and web two, once again, 99% of the companies aren't here, but web two is here. Web 2.5, same exact thing. And now Web 3.0 and utilizing the blockchain, 99% of the companies that exist today, like my friends at Celsius, you know, they're just not going to be there. Uh, but blockchain is going nowhere. I can't wait to see, knowing what I know from the past and the meaning that they give the inflection points, defining moments, lessons, mistakes, failures, and setbacks of the past. But I have the great capability and the dummy text to apply it to what is, in my opinion, the greatest technology, Web3, blockchain, the capabilities that it has and applicable to traditional industries. It just takes time for old middle-aged mutant turtles like myself, most of them to pick up and to understand what they can do to a multi-billion dollar company that's been around for a hundred years. Uh, I can't wait to see the changes and the opportunities that exist for people like me, but more importantly, for people like you, Brandon. Yeah, what's crazy is I've actually seen a lot of people that aren't in that younger demographic that are interested in this technology, which is a first, at least from what I've seen. Um, but leading into um, the next question a little bit, I want to also draw some parallels from what you just asked or just talked about with you know Web 1 and Web 2. How do you see uh, those parallels with Web 3 maybe and how those industries kind of started and where we're at with this one? It's periodic how human nature works, right? We overbuy and we oversell. And I hate to simplify it that e easily, um, but what happens is we overbuy uh, early on uh, and then we oversell. And then it seems to grow at a normal pace uh, after that. And, you know, I had a great conversation with Gary Vaynerchuk about this because, you know, he has the same perspective that I do is that, you know, real margins are made it, not by the overbuying, uh, although people that uh, were lucky enough to be aware of technologies and make early investment into blockchain uh, and smart enough to know their timing and risk tolerance to get out uh, did very well. But the real opportunity is now right, that we've oversold and now picking and choosing the players in the space, uh, those who can utilize technology and are well capitalized in order to effectuate real margins for millionaires and billionaires. That's the space that I could not have been in with Web 1 and Web 2 because I had to pay the dummy tax. I had to learn, you know, there's clues that are given, then there's patterns, and then you make good choices. So those that are younger are only seeing clues. Those that are older, which is why you see 
more older people getting involved in Web3, it's because they've now reached the point where they, through one and two, have seen patterns and now they can make better choices. And, you know, it's so funny. If you stick with something and you pay attention and give intention to it, uh, that consistent, persistent pursuit of utilization of the web, uh, it'll tell you all its secrets. And I know you know this because blockchain has told you a lot of secrets already that has made you the success that you are. Uh, this time around, because of the clues and the patterns that I've learned over, believe it or not, talk about getting old, I'm looking at it. You know, it's 31 years since 1992 that people laughed at me, scoffed at me and made fun of me for getting involved in technology web one. In fact, I got to share a quick story to give you yeah, a relevant perspective about blockchain. You know, web one, web three is exactly where web one was in 1992. Very similar in where and how this is all happening. And so uh, I went in front of the Supreme Court of the United States with my company, Westlaw, Legal Research Online. And we were putting all of these millions of case law, uh, millions on uh, the web. And it was DOS, XT computers, 9,600 bound modems. It was some slow shit. Anyway, uh, the interesting thing is I wheeled my XT computer with a monochrome screen on a luggage cart into the Supreme Court. And I was blessed to be able to present Westlaw to the Supreme Court of the United States. And Justice Scalia, one of the world's greatest renowned scholars, right? A renowned scholar literally told me, and this is a lesson for anyone that gets resistance from experts in the blockchain. Justice Scalia told me, David, nobody will ever do research on the internet. You need books. And we will always have that type of resistance in human nature to even the best technologies in the world. I mean, think about it. Web One was made for research. It was like the digital encyclopedia of all encyclopedias. And yet one of the greatest scholars in our country, because he didn't know what he didn't know, he had human nature of being ignorant and arrogant about what he doesn't know. He was professing that nobody would ever do any research on the computer or on the internet that you needed books. So if you don't take the lesson from that into web three, into what resistance or doubt or ignorant arrogance that you face, you're making a big mistake. Absolutely. There's a lot of wisdom in that. Um, it's a really good story. And Justice Scalia, yeah, he's a very well-known, very well-researched individual. Um, what advice would you give to young entrepreneurs today, you know, given the economic climate that we're in and, but at the same time, the emergence of such a really cool industry and new technology, if you were in their shoes, what would you do or what would you recommend that they look into doing if they want to take advantage of this fully? Beautiful. Two pieces of advice. The first one, take inventory of your skills your knowledge of who and what and your desire. So take inventory to start of your skills, your knowledge of who and what and your desire, and then see how it's aligned with supplementary synergistic to what is doing well today, what is stable today, and what you think will be doing well in the future. There's always things that are doing well. There's always things that are stable. And there are always 
things that you think will be doing well, industry, career, job-wise. And if you can align, find synergy or supplemental value to what's doing well, what is stable and what you think is going to do well with your skills, your knowledge and your desire, you will have clarity, balance and focus on where to pay attention and give your intention. Start doing, saying, thinking, believing and feeling in the trajectory of what you think you want in the future. So the first piece of advice is to take inventory and align it with the skills and knowledge and desire with what is doing well, stable, and what you think is doing well. And look, the stock market is a great place to find the industries, careers, and jobs that are doing well, stable, and that you think is doing well. There's actual concrete quantitative data to help you do that. The second piece of advice is advice that I give always. And it's the most powerful piece of advice that I can give any young entrepreneur. It's advice that I would have given myself when I was 18, 28, 38, 48. And I'm sure when I turn 58 a few years from now, I'll be giving myself the same advice. And it's three simple words. Ask for help. Find someone that sits in the situation that you want to be in and ask them for help. Don't live in a zero-sum game. Don't give to receive and don't think that you are winning or losing because you give or receive. Giving and receiving are one. Witnessing giving and receiving is one. Utilize the great flow of today. Don't be an influencer spreading the flu, creating dis-ease and interference between you and your potential. Simply live in a flow, live in a value-add world, not a zero-sum game. And the concrete proof of doing so is to ask for help. Spend your time each day finding someone like me or like Brandon or like anyone else that sits in a situation that you want to be in and ask for help. Those are the two pieces of advice that I give young entrepreneurs how to utilize and maximize blockchain and any other pursuit of your own potential. That's really good advice. Um, and is that something that you also talk about in your book as well? Or do you share a more specific message or what's kind of the overview of that? So I've written eight books and I'll be happy to send you. The first book is a great place to start because it talks about how we most people on earth live in nothingness. They live like tubes, food in, food out. They roll a boulder to the top of the hill every morning and it just rolls down the next night. So what I teach people is how do we live from nothingness into a possibility? How to take that possibility each day and make it a probability? How do we take a probability and make it our perspective? And how do we take a perspective and make it our reality? And instead of searching for why, applying our why. You see, at the core of our being, we are already happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. I help you figure out what you're doing to interfere with it, where most people try to teach you how to go get it, get more happy, more healthy, more wealthy, and more worthy. I have a much easier way of doing so by shifting your mindset, your heart set, and your handset of what you do say, think, believe, and feel to clear the interference bef between you and a unified, abundant, infinite system of thought of more than enough of everything for everyone. Just like my journey has led me from not enough, living, you know, being a victim with a single mom, packing my dinner in a paper bag, to a world of just enough for me, buying stuff I didn't need to impress people I didn't like, into over the last 17 years, in an abundant world, a value-add world of more than enough of everything for everyone.